What up all you beautiful misfits and rejects out there? Thank you for joining me for episode 152 of Misfits and Rejects. In today's episode, I sat down with my good friend, Josh Canuti. Josh is the host of the Overcoming You podcast. It's a podcast that is meant to inspire people, bring awareness to this epidemic that is raging around the world of suicide. It is meant to help you see and connect with individuals who have reached certain levels of athleticism, of su success within their business, success with life in general, telling their stories about the hardships that they've overcome. And in a lot of cases, people who have had suicidal thoughts or attempted suicide and thank God made it through it. Josh is one of those people. Josh is somebody who found himself in such a dark place at one point in time, in a very recent point in time, and he attempted to take his own life. And fortunately, he was unsuccessful. And he, through a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication, has come to a place now where he feels good about himself and wants to share this message with the world that you can overcome. You can overcome these obstacles and you don't have to take your own life. And I'm honored to be able to deliver this to you at the end of September. September is a month where we dedicate a whole week to suicide awareness, suicide prevention. And this episode is something that I'm so happy I get to share with you because one, Josh is here still with us. And two, Josh has one of the fastest growing podcasts in his niche at the moment. Josh started less than a month ago. He took his knowledge of marketing along with his wife's and they and they made a three-month pre-launch sort of strategy on how to get this message out there for people to absorb, relate to, and help them overcome those moments of frustration, moments of self-doubt, moments of suicidal thoughts to then prevail and just become an overcomer, somebody who can say that I maybe have found myself at a very low point in life, a very difficult point in life, and instead of taking my own life, I chose to overcome that moment, take responsibility, and move forward in a direction that I made a positive change for myself. I helped others around me make positive changes, and I overcame. So I am so happy and proud to deliver this podcast to you, deliver this message to you. You should definitely check out the Overcoming You podcast, hear Josh's story, hear other people's stories. Again, it's one of the fastest growing podcasts out there right now. So it's not just about his story and why he started this podcast. It's about how he is successfully growing this podcast so quickly because he's he launched a month ago. And at this point, he has more listeners than I do. And I've been at this for three years. So it's a great story. And, and a lot of people can benefit from it in so many different ways. Please, 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 if this finds you at a time in your life where you're feeling down, you're feeling frustrated, you feel like hopeless and there's no way out, I've put a suicide hotline phone number in the show notes. And if you are feeling that way and you need someone to talk to, please dial that number. Reach out to somebody. There's a lot of people out there who are willing to listen. As Josh says, the point he found himself at when he decided it was time to take his own life was that he felt like he was a burden on everybody else. And if you're feeling that way right now, as you listen to these words come out of my mouth, go into the show notes, dial that number, and just try to talk to somebody. Josh has some great strategies as well that you can apply in this moment right now by either calling a family member, calling a friend, telling them where you're at within your headspace, or just going and hanging out with them. You can, as Josh says, go into nature, take off your shoes, whether it's on the beach, whether it's in the mountains, take off your shoes and walk around in nature and just focus on each step. 
He says, it is physically impossible to have negative thoughts about yourself if you're only focusing on that next step with your feet planted firmly in nature. And for him, he said that helped tremendously get him through the, the hard times that he was finding himself in within his head, within his life situation. So Josh has a very powerful message to share. He's a man on a mission. His podcast is growing super quickly because I think it is such a powerful message that he is sharing. There's so many people who do connect to a lot of the people that he's bringing on to his show. And I couldn't be prouder of him for what he's accomplishing, what he's trying to do, his dedication to getting this out there as quickly as he's gotten it out there and growing as fast as it has. I mean, I've learned so much from Josh in the last, you know, three or four months that we've been communicating about the launch of his podcast in marketing strategies and ways to get your message out there a lot quicker. As you'll hear me state, you know, I was somebody who just thought if I provided content to the world that I thought was valuable, you know, people would start listening. And well, that's kind of true, but it's a, it's a very slow process when it doesn't have to be that slow. If you apply some of the strategies that Josh talks about, he applied to the Overcoming podcast that anybody could apply to any business or any venture that they're getting themselves into. So thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. If you think this podcast could help somebody else, this episode specifically, please share it with them. This is an epidemic. This is something that plagues a lot of people in the world right now and is growing rapidly. Josh will throw some statistics at you, and it's just astonishing, especially among young women ages 10 through, I think he said, 16. That scared me. I have a niece, as you know, and none of us want anybody to find themselves in a place where they're considering taking their own life. So thank you for listening. This might be a, a tough subject for some of you to hear. But it's a very powerful message and something I think that needs to be talked about more openly. And Josh is the man doing it, which is why I think he is so successful and going to be even more successful with his podcast and hopefully save a lot more lives. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode with Josh Canuti. Welcome to Misfits and Rejects, a podcast about the lifestyle design of expatriates, travelers, entrepreneurs, and adventurers. I'm your host, Chapin Cruder. Enjoy. I didn't. In America. With cocaine, there's just always too many guns and too many bad attitudes. I quit the limiting stories. Really try to overcome that fear. And right there, for any of your listeners, a lot of what I was to do in the rest of my life was formulated by the fact I just went and did it. Welcome to another episode of Misfits and Rejects. Today, I'm joined by Josh Canuti. He's from the podcast, The Overcoming You Podcast, which is the fastest growing podcast in the self-help arena. Josh, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks, yeah, it's guys. nice to have you, dude. Yeah. Um, you reached out to me, what, like six months ago, a year ago? Yeah. Just inquiring about, we have a mutual friend, Jessica Reynolds, and you yep. reached out like six months ago, a year ago about, hey, I want to start a podcast, and this is my idea, and we kind of yep. got connected that way, huh? Yeah. Um, so Jessica Reynolds is a person I grew up with. Her brother is one of my best friends. And now her husband, Jason, has become one of my best friends. And we were just chatting. I was like, I think I want to start a podcast. And he goes, I think Jessica's friend Chapin has a podcast. I was like, oh, you think I could like talk to him and ask some questions? And the thing is, is like, you know, when you like reach out to somebody, you never really know who they are, how they are, all, all that type of stuff. And I hit you up and you were often bali or thailand or some corner of the world and said hey i'm josh canuti i'm looking to start a podcast um you know love to chat with you anytime i can and like 
two hours later, you're like, yep, yeah, no problem. I'd love to. So it was really, really cool. So I appreciate you re reaching out. You've helped out a, a lot. Just having me be able to bounce questions off you and all that type of stuff. So it's been really, really cool. So I appreciate it. Well, I mean, I'll <laughs> say that I've learned a lot from you and your process as well. Like I've been at this now three and a half years and just seeing how motivated you are to get this message out, which we'll go into in a second, because I think it's super important that the yeah. world hear what you're really trying to share. Um, but your strategy and like really getting this message out there, like being the fastest growing podcast in the self-help industry is just incredible. But you took a very like scientific approach or marketing approach, if you will. Like I kind of, and this is the wrong approach that I took, <laughs> which is like, I'm just going to create content, put it out there. And I think that it'll be good enough that people will find it. And yeah. like, that's not how it works in this game. Like if you want to get noticed and get traction and really get your message out there, can you describe to the audience kind of like when you decided to go through with this, like how did you do it? Yeah. Like what was your approach? Yeah. Good question. So, um, once I, because of some things that I went through with in order to get the idea for the podcast, I, there's a very, very big passion with it. And once I made the decision to start this podcast, I have had some business, um, achieve some levels of business and some of the upper echelons of some um, corporate world. So I took that knowledge, but then also I'm married to a person that owns her own marketing company. So that always, it's a little bit easier when you uh, go and talk to her in the next bedroom and stuff like that. And so we just put our heads together and just came up with a way to the best way that we could physically do it and how to get it out there and try to do this, um, this whole marketing push, because I think it's a message in the current society that needs to be talked about and people need to hear. Um, so I wanted to do whatever I possibly could because it's coming from a good place. It's not coming from, I don't, I'm not looking for fame or fortune or anything like that. I just want to help as many individuals as humanly possible um, with kind of what this podcast is all about. So rad, let's tell the audience right now what the podcast is and then we'll circle back to like the strategy that you use and then we'll go into the podcast more. Okay. So the podcast is focused on what? So it's focused on what I believe is the most important thing in this world, which is what we think about ourselves when we are by ourselves. I don't care whether you're Beyonce or Jeff Bezos or Kobe Bryant or Kim Kardashian. Everybody goes through times where they have self-doubt or they have a negative self-image or they don't feel like they can or they can't. And, um, you know, in this Instagram world that we kind of live in is that all we see are the top of the mountain pictures or the trophy pictures or the <clears throat> perfect glamour pictures. We don't really get to hear about all the times, you know, when they get knocked down eight. Yeah, everybody fucking knows to get up nine. But what did they do when they were knocked down? What did they do when they weren't feeling so good, when they didn't feel pretty, when they didn't think they could build the business, when they were in the garage trying to build the business, all that type of stuff? What was going through their mind? And what I've realized is talking with these people is from all walks of life, whether you're Olympic level athlete, whether you're a C-level executive, whether you're a doctor, um, regular pe person like me, everybody goes through those times where they don't think they can and don't think they, they're going to be able to, but they figured out a way to overcome that. And there's different tips and tricks in all those types of things. I don't even like those words, but everyone has their own method of overcoming. And so with the society right now is one of the things that I've realized is that um, everybody's self-image is on a downward spiral, not going in the right direction. And there's some statistics behind that. Like the second leading cause of death, ages 10 to 34 is suicide. Mm. 
The fourth leading cause of death, ages 35 to 54, is suicide. The fact that anxiety, depression, and all of the drugs associated with it have increased over 108% since 2006. And the one, this group, this one hurts my heart the most is that the group increasing the biggest percentage in depression, anxiety, all the drugs, and suicide attempts are little girls ages 11 to 16. So all these graphs are going in the wrong direction. And it's because we're in this constant state of comparison. We have this Instagram, we have this Facebook, we have all the other social media and it's constant, 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 but we don't, it's social media is so new. We don't know how to deal with it. And so we need to figure out it's okay to have social media. I love it. I want more of it. I'm excited it exists. I make money from it. It's a way to feed, feed my family, all this type of stuff. I love it. I'm not anti-social media. But we need to figure out how to deal with it. And so that's why I want to have these long form interview conversations with these people. So for me, when I say, when I see, you know, Kobe Bryant saying, yeah, you know, sometimes I didn't think I could make that shot makes me feel a little bit better. Not that I want him to fail. I just, Oh, you go through it too. And so that's why I kind of started this podcast. And that's why I want to get this message out as much as possible to let everybody know of all walks of life. Like everybody goes through it. It's okay. Now let's figure out how to deal with it and how to overcome so we can have a happier life, a more fulfilled life, um, and kind of go from that. So, yeah. So you call it the overcoming you podcast and you, you know, you, I think you touched the point of that. We have an issue in society and you're bringing on people who have overcome these issues in a big way. And you kind of alluded to the, that there's a giant underlying problem though, that these, there's people out there who aren't overcoming it. Yes. You know, they're not going to be the Kobe Bryant because they get stuck in their head and they miss that one shot. Like I did. We both played boys basketball. Yep. Like I missed that final free throw that day, lost the game for us. I still think about that. And we're in a world now that's changing with social media where image is so valued much yep. more than I think it was. And you can actually monetize it and quantify that. And like, so let's go into that. Let's talk about that. Cause I mean, I know you're bringing on these people who you're hoping that are going to really help individuals see that they can overcome it. Mm -hmm. But like all the individuals out there who have, cause I was creeping your Instagram the other day mm -hmm. and you had a, a quote, uh, an interview or not an interview, but you took a soundbite from Billy, uh, Billy Eilish. Yeah. Yeah. Who talks about the self hatred she has. Yep. She's a very famous person, but she deals with this on a daily, Yep. you know? And so she's overcome, but at the same time, like there's still a lot of life left to live for her. And we have Anthony Bourdain who, you know, yeah. in his fifties killed himself. So like, she's still in a unstable, that's not the right word, but like, she's still kind of a threat to herself, yep. you know? So let's talk to these individuals right now. And like, let's, let's get a little bit more personal with them. Maybe let's tell, talk about your story, you know, and how you relate to this. So that is the whole reasoning behind, um, the podcast. So I'll go, kind of go a little bit into the the whole birth of it or why this came out or why I want to get this message out is because, um, so I, I'll kind of do the, the long version. So there's some context to it a little bit. So, um, grew up in, in Orange County, California, Denver. Um, my father was, you know, a blue collar worker and installed carpet, all that type of stuff. So, um, surrounded by a bunch of millionaires like, like we are. And that started very early to be like, Oh, well, they have that. I want to do that. Or, or dad, they're going there. I want to do that. So that started early. 
And so I always had this like drive for success and always really competitive. And so wanted to the comparison thing that you talked yeah, about earlier. Yeah, for sure. And it started early and then it evolved into my adult life. And then I, every single time I would get a promotion, I'd be like, okay, that's not good enough. I need the next step. I need the next step. And then lo and behold, you know, I worked my way up through corporate America and I'm overseeing $580 million of a labor line, 22,000 associates across Canada nation or the U S and Puerto Rico. And I'm still not satisfied. And then I go, you know what? I'm not satisfied because I'm making this $8 billion company a fuck ton of, of EBITDA money every single year. I need to do it for myself. So started looking for corporations to buy companies to buy, found a company here in, um, uh, Orange County at this time I was living in Phoenix. It was a $10 million top line revenue, 53 employees, two locations, two, uh, three trucks had a uh, shipping thing right there at, at uh, LA, uh, dock. And I went to work and worked on this thing for about eight months and tried to try to put it together and talk to hard money and then banks and all this type of stuff. Because I went, as soon as I have that, I'm going to be making after everything's said and done six hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars And then with that money, I can do everything that I wanted to do, which, which it was help everybody. I wanted to help all my friends. I wanted to eliminate the debt. I wanted to make sure that anybody surrounded me never wanted for anything. That's why I wanted to be successful. I wanted to start nonprofits. I wanted to make a difference and slowly but surely put this um, deal together for about eight months. Got to the point where I was ready to literally sign that, sign the dotted line. So in one year, I don't recommend anybody do this, but in one year, I quit my six figure corporate job. I moved from Phoenix to back to California. I got married and I tried to buy a $10 million corporation. <laughs> so a lot went on in that, in that one year. And so I'm in the, moved to California, literally in the lawyer's office, ready to sign the papers to buy this company. And at that time, the, owner of the corporation changed a few things and there was a um, expiration date clause in the contract. And what had happened is he used me to inflate his price. And then three days later, sold it for cash to somebody else. I didn't have the cash. And there began my downward spiral of just got married. I don't have a job. I, I told my amazing wife that I would do be all this and then some, and I'd be able to provide for her and she'd have an amazing life, all this type of stuff. And all of a sudden it just slowly started to, what the fuck are you going to do? You're a piece of shit. Oh, you're a loser. Then you start eating like shit and start fast eating fast food pretty much every day. You stop going to the gym, drinking, drinking turned into a ton of weed smoking. Weed turned into, oh, let's do cocaine on the weekends. Cocaine on the weekends turned turn into, ah, I'm, hey, buddy, you're off on Wednesday, right? Let's do it Tuesday night. And then that turned into more self-hatred. Then you wake up and hang over and spiral, spiral, spiral to the point where it got so bad over about a course of a year and a half that I went, that's it. I'm done. Um, I no longer, no longer want to live. And then the biggest thing was is I felt like I was a burden on all of my friends, all of my family, everybody surrounding. I felt that I'm a nothing. I'm a nobody. I'm not going to accomplish anything. I'm not going to be anything like what the, I'm only being a suck on their lives. Like I'm, I'm everybody would be better without me. So grab my, uh, 12 gauge shotgun, grab the dirtiest hotel imaginable, uh, bottle of Jack Daniels and, uh, enough cocaine to kill a small village. And 
just went there and typed up and wrote a um, goodbye letter to every single person close to me, wrote a, a handwritten letter on the little days and stationery to the uh, cops, left my ID there, said, did this on my own regard. Um, for people that don't know, all drugs have what's called an LD50 rate, a le lethal dose at which 50% of the population will die from consuming it. For cocaine, it's 1.75 grams. I did over four grams in the matter of five or six hours trying to, if that didn't work, then I had the shotgun for backup and loaded the shotgun with two shells. Why two? I figured the first one didn't work. Maybe I can finish it off with the next one. And then, uh, you know, lips wrapped around the barrel and tears streaming down from my eyes and just, uh, scream and pull it. And I wish I could say that the, you know, the love of my family or the love of my friends or the love of, you know, my wife, like propelled me not to pull the trigger, but that wasn't the case because I actually did pull the trigger. Just nothing happened. And no, the safety wasn't on because I had tested that multiple times to make sure that I, it was going to go through. But what I realized months later was that I had changed my car battery and left the old battery in my trunk. It had spilled over and the shotgun shells were there. And actually the battery acid and the fluid from the battery swelled the shotgun shell to the point where it would not go through the, uh, the barrel of the gun. And, um, that was by far the darkest day I've ever had in my entire life, you know, and the worst part about it is that my wife had to find me. My best friend had to come get me all that type of stuff. So it was, um, really, really difficult. And through multiple, um, medications, therapy, um, exercise, eating right, meditation, medical procedures, everything, virtually everything that you can think of to come out of that. As I was coming out, I realized that a lot more people are in that spiral. Just thank God that a lot, not a lot of them get to the point where I was at the point where, you know, Anthony Bourdain was or Brody Stevens or, or Robin Williams or whatever. So, but a lot of people live in that downward spiral and they're somewhere in there, but we need to crawl out of that out of that hole, out of that depths of, of despair and that darkness and figure out how to overcome and how to have a happier life, how to have a more fulfilling life. And it doesn't involve being a multimillionaire. Billie Eilish is a multi, multi-millionaire. She sells out arenas of people that love her and, and look at her, but she still has that self-hatred. So it doesn't make a difference what you have or what you do. It matters what's on the inside. So that's why you have to overcome you first in order for anything to happen in this life, period. And so I just, I want to make sure that my worst enemy, I would not wish a nanosecond of that self-hatred that I had. And if I don't want somebody that I hate not to have it, I love people. I'm a people. I'm on team people. There's not a person. I, I've never met a stranger. Everybody's. My friend, I'm a little bit outgoing, gregarious. And so that's why I wanted to start this podcast because I didn't realize how many people live in those, those dark times. And then if you don't live in those dark times, sometimes you go into it every so often because, you know, statistics are one out of five adults in America will have a depressive episode once a year. So when you go to it, not if, but when you go to it, how do you overcome it and how do you get out of it? And that's really what I hope to have this podcast 
podcast too, because I think it can relate to everybody, regardless of celebrity, economical status, race, religion, doesn't make a difference type of stuff. So, yeah, dude, I mean, thank you so much for being so open and authentic and honest with your story. And again, for what you're doing, because I mean, I've been depressed in the past. I have, you know, haven't had it once a year in quite a while, but just even this last little stint, even though I was in Thailand doing what I wanted, there's so much weight on my shoulders and like moments of like, I can't overcome this. You know, like I literally don't think this is ever going to work. I've been at this for almost five years now and I'm still like a failure, yeah. you know? And I think it'd be really important right now while we have everybody's mind in this headspace is like, take us through the steps that you got out of it. Yeah. So uh, there's a, there's a lot of them. The biggest one is realizing that your thoughts are not you. Your thoughts are not correct. Just because you feel like you are a failure, just because you failed doesn't mean you are a failure. And so one of the, there's a really, really good book. Um, it's titled, um, feeling good. It's really, really thick. Um, don't mean to dis discredit the, the, author or anything like that. But if you at least just read the first three chapters, it'll really, really help. Um, but what the, one of the analogies that he uses in there is, and he uses it in what's psychology called CBT, which is cognitive, cognitive behavioral therapy, which cognitive is just another fancy word for thoughts. Um, but what he talks about is he talks about being a lawyer, being a detective. So when a thought comes up and you go, um, like I had this, young gal, when I was doing a uh, talk to this uh, group of youth, high school kids, she came up and she goes, but Josh, I look fat in all of my clothes. Like I look fat in everything. And I go, stop. The linguistic words that you use, you look fat in all your clothes. That, that simply is not true because I'm, I'm with her. I don't feel like I look good in, in all, all the clothes, but I have that one t-shirt that makes my, my biceps look a little bit bigger than they are. Everybody has that one hat that looks good or that one dress or that one blouse or those shoes. Somebody has something that they do. So the word all is not true. And it may sound simplistic, but once you stop the thought and go, okay, young lady, what, what clothes do you have? What blouse do you have? She said, well, I have this one really good dress that I like. Okay, go home, put that dress on, look here in the mirror and go, I look awesome or I look hot or whatever it is. But you have to stop those thoughts and that, that in and of itself is really, really difficult. That's where for me, meditation comes in because what would happen before that episode of that incident is I would start with your piece of shit and then it spirals, spirals, spirals. I wouldn't stop it. So whatever, when you have those thoughts, you have to immediately be able to recognize it and then you have to be able to counteract it. So I am, I'm such a fucking idiot. Okay. Stop. What, what is an idiot? An idiot you know, is a clinical term for someone that has a little bit less um, brain power or something. Do you know two plus two? Yes, I do. It's four. Okay, so you're not an idiot. I know it sounds stupid. I know it sounds remedial. I know it sounds juvenile. But if you can stop those thoughts in its tracks and really turn it and look at it and go, is this really true? Then you can really start to go, okay, no, it's not. All right, I'm not an idiot. I just, I kind of messed that, that lineup in that speech or I kind of messed that editing up on the podcast or kind of mess that thing up. You know, it's not that big of a deal. Okay, fine. So you got to stop those thoughts. So first you have to recognize it. Then you have to counteract it. And then you have to repurpose it, kind of go, go through those steps. So that's what really, really helps me. And through all of the things that I, all the 
things that I did, you know, um, therapy, medication, medical treatments, meditation, exercise, eating right, all those things together kind of helped do a perfect cocktail. But that's one of the biggest things that I had to figure out how to do, which is recognize those thoughts when they're happening and stop them in the tracks. Yeah, I think I'd like to go a little deeper on that point because this is something that the self-help community talks about in depth. And you can go into multiple books and they say, you know, be the observer, recognize the thought, and then do what one of many different like disciplines of like rewording it. Like I'm not an idiot because X, Y, Z or whatever. But I think everyone overlooks the fact that you might have to do this like three seconds after. Yes. Because the thought comes right back. Yep. And that's what I know for myself. It's like, I've gotten good at recognizing those thoughts, but it's such a tedious sort of practice. I have to go through over a thousand times a day. Yep. And what's even more, I think, disheartening at times to me is that, yes, with time, like say I won't be doing a thousand times a day, I'm doing it 500 times a day, but that little like black dog, as my friend calls it, chimes in, just goes, this sucks. I don't want to do this forever. Right. You know, like, I don't want to do this 500 times a day for the rest of my life. Like, this sucks. I'm going to quit. Like, fuck this. Yeah. And then, so like you quit, say, or I've, I've definitely paused. And sure enough, like those negative thought cycles creep back in. And sometimes they can be euphoric feeling. Yeah. And sometimes you're like, this feels way better than constantly having to check myself, you know, 500, 300, yeah. thousand times a day. So. Like, how do you feel about that? Do you notice you yourself having to do that like on a daily, constantly, every single? Yeah, it definitely gets easier over, over time. But one of the things is, is that let's say you have a backpack on with like 5,000 pounds and let's say you stop and each one of those pounds is one of those thoughts and you're able to take out just a few of them. So, you know, you have that 5,000, but you just do a couple hundred. It's still a couple hundred pounds less on your back. And you're going to feel that that um, less weight as you go through that. So just because you didn't do it every single day, you still, that goes back to, you have to give yourself credit for the times that you did do it, you know, and give yourself that pat on the back and give yourself that credit to do that. Because even doing it a little bit is still better than not doing it at all. And then same thing with, it's no different than when you go to work out, when you go to bench press, you're going to start off with 10 pounds on each side. You're not going to, if you do that, you're not going to be, do it once and go, this shit sucks. I should be, be benching 1000 pounds. You have to slowly and gradually put it on, which is another thing that's happening in our society now is because we can have everything at our fingertips that we want. We want that pill now. We want, we want that, that recovery now. And there is no quick way to, to success. There's no quick way to a great body. There's no quick way to a happy life. It is a slow, process every single time and then i know when i was hearing things like that i'd go fuck you like there has to be a quicker way there has to be like i don't want to i don't want it to be a slow process but as soon as you adjust in your mind and go okay it's not a slow process it's just life it just happens you know um going back to that billy eilish you know obviously i don't know it personally but hey she goes through it but she has really good times as well hey we go through it but we have really good times as well and just realize that okay I'm going to feel, feel sad, sad today. It's all right, but I'm not going to let it hold me down. I'm not going to let it push me under. I'm not going to let it drag me down. And so just realize that it's life. You're going to feel sad. It's okay to feel sad. Feel the emotion. It's not against anything bad to, to happen, but just realize that it is happening. And the more 
times you work out, the more times you push the bar up, the better you will get and the easier it will come. Um, and kind of go, go through it, through it like that. Yeah. I think too, it's important for the audience to kind of go back to what you said where, you know, this can happen to you, even if you've gone through your whole life feeling good about yourself, feeling accomplished, like there could be this undercurrent of something that you're not even aware of undermining that foundation of positivity, um, and self-worth that then brings you to a point to where you find yourself sad, depressed, and you can't get out of it. Um, I'm under the impression that that wasn't kind of your life course. Like you kind of grew up in an environment that wasn't full of positivity, lots of hugs. Like you kind of came to that moment in the hotel room as like the crescendo, if you will, of like a thousand moments that led up to that. Yep. But it's important for other people out there to know, like there are people who can grow up in a very healthy, happy environment that still come to that same place. Yeah, for sure. And it's really important to be aware through these types of podcasts that, we're doing your, and especially when you're doing, you know, overcoming you that there are thousands of people out there who are in similar frames of mind. And it's important to listen to your podcast because you're going to connect with one of those people on there that is going to have that light bulb moment for you where you're like, I know that story. That's me. And if they can get through it and overcome it, then I can too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really, you touched on something really important that I want everyone to know or, or to think about is that, Definitely with my podcast, you're not going to connect with every single person. So definitely use a shopping cart um, approach, meaning you, know, you take a shopping cart into the, the store. You don't put everything in the basket. You just put what you want. So, you know, when you when I have like an Olympic level athlete, maybe you're not an athlete. And you're not going to connect with them. But he or she may say something um, that's valuable or something like that. Or if you're a um, business person in you know, you hear a C-level executive like, oh, let me hear what this person says and just take the little bits that resonate with you. Because even even if you're trying to get healthy and you eat fast food all day long, if you have one salad that's or one healthy food, whatever it is, that's still one thing better than you you did before. So take take that on and take it with a, a with whatever um however many grains of salt that you want and kind of use it to, to your best approach, but you don't have to use everything. So just pick and choose because somebody you're going to connect with somebody sometime. And um, like you said, you'll be able to use it in your life and hopefully overcome whatever obstacle or life uh, challenge you have. Going yeah. On, so. on a separate note, something that you said earlier that I kind of wrote down a note on, I wanted to ask your personal opinion on, I mean, the hard work and effort that you put into achieving the financial success, um, do you think you can achieve a happy, fulfilled life where you have, you know, no self-hatred, you have no sort of, um, depressive moments or very few, um, without doing the kind of work you described earlier of like just working your balls off for eight months to make this deal go through? Um, do you, do you think that it's possible to kind of take an approach where it's like you do the things that you just described at your own pace? and can get there or does it have to be a full on assault second you hear this message and you know that you're somebody who's at risk is it got to be a full on assault or can you get there at your own pace i think you can get there at, at your own pace and i think some people like myself is a full on assault but some people do it gradually and so what it, it's whatever works with you the biggest thing is is that you have to start so it's you know, um, I re- recently ran a marathon and I hate running with a fiery passion. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. 
but I had to gradually work up to it. And then literally there was one time during the training, it was a 12 week training period where I was running 14 miles. And I remember my little headset or my little app um, said, you've completed 12 miles. And I went, wait, what? How did I get to 12 miles? I hate running with a fiery passion. I'm very athletic, not very athletic, but I'm like always worked out and stuff like that. But I hate, hated running. And if you would have told me 11 weeks before that you would have, that I would be running 12 miles or 14 miles, I would have been like, you're fucking crazy. Absolutely not. But I slowly started with one mile, literally. Then I did two miles and then I did four miles and then I did six and then I did eight and then 10 and then 12. And you can build gradually. You know, the analogy that I sometimes use is that, you know, on uh, January 1st, you always hear, this is it. I'm fucking going to the gym. I'm getting in shape five days a week. I'm going to, going to freaking do it. No, no exceptions, no anything. Full on assault. I'm going to do it. And I always go, that's awesome, man. How many days a week do you work or do you go to the gym now? And they're like, oh, I go about one. So you're going to do a 400% increase in effort. It's just not, just not feasible, but people want it now. But I'm saying just do one day a week for the first four weeks, then do two days a week for the next four weeks, then do three days a week for the next four weeks and then do four days a week for the next four weeks. And you're still in, in April or May. You're not even halfway through, through the year, but you're already exponentially more, more in shape, exponentially more healthy. So there are some people that can do the full out assault, but most people I would recommend do it gradually because you'll really, really, um, wow yourself when you look back in a shorter amount of time, eight weeks is not that long of a time in the grand schemes of life. Eight weeks, if you just start slow and build and build and build, then you'll look back and go, holy shit, I can't believe I'm running 12 miles. Or, oh my God, I can't believe that that I'm, I haven't had a depressive episode in, in, in eight weeks or, or whatever. So it all depends on the individual type of thing. 100%. And speaking of the individuals, like there are people out there who will need medication mm -hmm. to help them through these processes. Yep. It's not just the fact that you have negative thoughts. There is potentially a chemical imbalance that you need help upping your dopamine or serotonin levels or whatever yep. it is. So it's like, we don't, we're not talking to everybody has like a blanket statement. Like there are different sort of ways that you need to approach this that are going to be the best fit for you. For sure. So I think that's important yep. to know. Um, when I came back and we started talking, you had mentioned that you, uh, just came back from Mexico and mm -hmm. we were thinking about maybe trying to do more Mexico like yearly, like for long periods of time. Yeah. Why is that? And, and what are you kind of looking for in Mexico? Um, so my wife and I, we did a little test run. Um, it was funny. I was like, we both, you know, work from home and, uh, both a business where you can kind of work from anywhere more or less. Um, and at the time we we're like, Hey, why don't we, you know, we had decided, um, that currently right now we're not going to have any kids. So we're mobile. So like, let's take advantage of this mobility and let's try to do a little test and test run about, um, living abroad. And so I had talked to her and painted the picture and, uh, probably a little bit more grandiose than, than, um, it actually ended up being. I had pictured, I told her, I was like, yeah, just do a little beach community. I'll go and I'll fish and I'll cook the fish that night. It'll be great. Uh, cocktails on the beach, all this type of stuff. And so she's like, you know what? Let's do it. And I was like, all right, fine. Let's do six months in Thailand. And she goes, whoa, whoa, relax, buddy. Relax. How about we do one month down in Mexico? 
uh, since it's pretty close to where, where we live and let's give it a little taste. And so then we just decided to, um, figure out where we could live. And we didn't want, we wanted some place where it wasn't full on uh, America. Like I love Cabo. I love Rosarito, but it's, it's really been Americanized and neither good nor bad. I just wanted the real culture. I wanted to learn the language a little bit better. I wanted to have the, um, the non Marriott's and stuff like that. And so we did some research and got some, um, uh, recommendations from some friends and stuff and said, you know, why don't you check out, uh, Manzanillo? And one of the selling points for my wife was like three years before we went down there, Walmart just moved in there and she's like, all right, fine. I'm okay with this. We can do that. Cause they so, have Walmart. Cause they have Walmart. She's like, I can get anything there. So if it's, they got a Walmart there, it's probably not that bad. Um, but it ended up being a lot more third world than actually I thought. Um, but it was really, really cool. Yeah. We got a great Air- Airbnb. We, um, we lived like we were like ballers, but definitely on a budget, but just the exchange rate down there was really, really cool. Had an amazing house and, um, all the amenities you could ever need and want. And, um, uh, went down there. It was really, really good. Got to learn the, some Spanish, got to, uh, train some, um, Muay Thai down there, which is in a gym that was straight out of like a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, which is if you're a, red-blooded American male, you know, like there's just something that, that with that. And so we shout out to, um, Naksu Muay Thai down there and got to train, train down there and, uh, get my ass whooped on a daily basis and, um, do some work and kind of live abroad. And we decided that, um, after that little extent that we'd like to try it a little bit more, we're thinking Spain maybe next year and do it a little bit longer and kind of, um, try to see as many of these countries that we live on this planet as possible before we, uh, take our dirt nap. So. Any idea of, or like, any desire to become an expatriate? Maybe like take yourself out of the American system and, and live abroad full time? There is on my side, but not on Jeanette's side, on my wife's side. So we definitely always will have a house or a place here for sure. Um, and then also the one thing that we realize is that when we travel and we, we've been very blessed and fortunate to be able to visit multiple, multiple countries and travel around the world since we've been together. But you know, where your family is and where your friends are, there's just no, there's just nothing better. There's nothing better than, you know, my best buddy comes over once a, once a week and, you know, we sit there and we watch a comedy special. We just talk about deep life. You know, I just, I just would miss that too much if I didn't have that in my life. And I know I can make friends on the, on the travels and stuff like that, but that deep rooted 20 year relationship, you know, and not just him, all, all the other, you know, fellows and gals is, um, they just always have, have my heart because I'm am I, uh, like I said, I'm a people person by far. And I just could not go too long without that type of love or that connection. So. Right. So then, you know, life is now moving into the podcasting world for you and you're very passionate about that. And I'm assuming you'd like to make this more of your full-time kind of gig. What are you doing for work right now? Like what, what's your nine to five? Um, so two things, <clears throat> one, I still have my real estate company. Um, but with any, as any entrepreneur knows is that there's like massive ups and downs and all that type of stuff. And I feel I had to do something for two, two things. One, I feel the prize in which you get at the end will always be directly correlated to the price in which you do to achieve it. Um, you know, if you go to the gym five days a week, you eat right, you're going to look good or going to feel better at the end. Um, so I need to have a little bit more of a stable, um, income. So I had to kind of put my ego and, in, in, uh, uh, pride on the shelf 
and go out and get a just a retail management job and just have some like uh, steady income while I build this this passion because um, I just needed to have the money thing not not think about it. And when you know I'm flipping houses and I got contractors and multiple, I got to drive out there multiple times. I'm doing wholesale real estate wholesale. There's a lot of ups and downs, up and ups and downs, and it there it's an energy suck. And I don't mean any disrespect to the company that I'm working for currently, but it's very mindless. I can go there. I have a big uh, 20-year um, experience in management and all that type of stuff. So I'm able to go there, just kind of go there, clock in more or less, clock out, and not have to think about that. So I can still have some sort of kind of steady income on top of the the real estate so I can feed, uh, pay the bills and all that type of stuff until, um, you know, Amazon decides to advertise on my podcast and pay me, pay me the appropriate money. <laughs> Amazon, how would Amazon tie into this? I'm just, I'm just oh, oh, I see. Until Jeff Bezos or somebody gives me a bunch of money where I can stuff all that other stuff. Right on. No, that's cool. So yeah, I mean, let's, let's, now I want to kind of circle back to the marketing side and, and just that. I love what you just said where it's like the, the price you pay is equally correlated to what you get yeah. out of it, you know, and, and you're willing to work hard and you've worked very hard on marketing, the overcoming your podcast and getting it out there. And you, you're the fastest growing, you know, self-help podcast out there. Um, talk us through this process. Cause I know your, your wife is a bit of an expert mm-hmm. in the marketing side of things, but like when you did say, you know, Jeanette, mm-hmm. yep. Jeanette, I want to do this. Let's come up with a marketing plan. Can you take us through those steps? I mean, we have a lot of yep. entrepreneurs listening. A lot of people who want to become entrepreneurs. This, I think, is a formula that we can all apply, even myself, to getting our message out there a lot faster. Because, I mean, I looked at your Insta. You have over a 1,000 people following you, and you've only had your Insta up for, what, how long? 90 days-ish. As 90 right days. Now. I've yeah. had mine up for a couple years now, and I have less than a 1,000. Yeah. So there's a formula that you're utilizing that I think would be very valuable for the audience to hear. Yeah. Um, first and foremost is that this is whatever business it is, I think you will grow faster if it is 100% your life's mission. Not every business can be that. I understand that. But for me, I'm very fortunate that I have a way to put my life mission into a business. And so that first and foremost, because that will, what that will do is that will eliminate any time when it's 12 o'clock at night and you got to wake up at four that you'll keep going because it's your life mission, all that type of stuff. So first make sure that it's really something that you're really passionate. Otherwise you won't put in those long nights and those early, early mornings. Otherwise you won't, um, spend money to do it. You'll second guess, question all that type of stuff. So first of all, you got to be all in. I know that's an overused term, but that was something that I've noticed recently that I don't look at mistakes. I don't look at anything else. I just look at it as part of the process because I'm going to do this the rest of my life, period, end of story, as long as I'm helping at least one. Um, but then some of the tactical things. So, and Jeanette can speak to this a lot, lot more. She's not here. But um, first is just 100% being authentic and putting yourself out there. And that's something that I've had a little bit difficult because I don't. I love being the life of the party. I don't love being the person that's getting the attention. So I've had to overcome that and I've had to overcome say that again. That sounds so weird. You like being the life of the party, but you don't like getting the attention. Yeah. Like I don't like, I don't have a problem um, being on podcasts cause I enjoy the media, but like, I don't like being interviewed on, on camera and having all the, the attention being on me. Um, but on a party you do, but at party I do. So it's a, a weird small group of people. Yeah. It's a weird day. It's when I can, 
when I can control the environment, I don't, I don't mind because I can be the life of the party and kind of do something funny and then kind of recede back into the background and then kind of get out of it. But when it's an hour long and all the stage is looking at me and you're asking questions, like I don't really like to talk about my, I guess I should say, I don't like talking about myself, um, contrary to, to the podcast, but I think my, in doing so, I realized that there is a connection that has to happen with, other individuals or with the audience and with me. So you have to know who I am. So I had to overcome that, I had to figure that out. So I had to be authentic. And so then if we just go to Instagram, so I'll give you my tactical steps on what I actually did. So every single day, this is a 90 day launch. Every single day I emailed and DM two people per day on requesting to be on my podcast, obviously individuals that connected with my message whether it be Olympic level athletes, sea level executives, thought leaders, all this type, type of stuff. And that was just very, very authentic. I said, Hey, I'm starting a podcast. I'm pre-launch. My name is Josh Canuti. This is the, the mission that I have. Would you be interested in collaborating or being a feature guest on the podcast? And just that alone, I can't tell you how many people have already, obviously people have already heard it, but how many people have come back and I go, are you kidding me? You have like, three gold medals or you have two silver medals. Like, why are you talking to me? Like, I can't believe that. Once again, going back to those negative loops that even I still go through. Um, so every single day, email and DM two people a day. And then every single day, this is the biggest one is three separate times a day for 45 minutes each. I go and I would engage in other people's um, posts or I would Google, not Google, but on Instagram, search a hashtag that correlates with, my podcast. And then I'll go to all the re most recent ones. And even if they have like 50 followers, I still engage them. And obviously if I like that, that, uh, post and would say, Hey, you know, I really like that post or I agree with it and put some sort of authenticity into that. And that really, really fueled, but that takes a lot of time, you know, three times a, three times a day, 45 minutes each is what I would do morning, noon, and night. And that was by far the biggest, most um, impactful way to increase the followers. And then um, other things is just when I'm watching TV and stuff like that. So I'll go through and I'll just, um, I don't want to say mindlessly like, but I would, everything that's kind of in my spirit of influence, anything sort of self-help or something like that, you know, just go through and like, like all those, those things, you know, just so I'm watching TV, I'm still kind of doing my mindless thing, but I'm still working at the same time. And then, um, just trying to figure out working with other corporations or other businesses and trying to get out there and have, have do speeches or do talks, you know, I work with this other company I said earlier, this company pure games where they kind of deal with out at risk youth and through some connections, talked to them, emailed them, said, Hey, you know, I'd love to, I've been through some things that we kind of talked about before. I'd love to be able to work with you guys or talk to the, the kids or anything like that. And met with that guy and he goes, yeah, why don't you come over on Tuesday morning? You know, we play soccer. And then after that, you can go ahead and um, talk to a group of, you know, 30, 50 kids or whatever. So I did that. And then that led to um, getting another Olympian on the podcast. And then that led to another, another talk and another speech. So it's just constantly being engaged, constantly just putting yourself out there and willing to uh, uh, just pretty much say yes to anything that correlates with your mission or correlates with, with that. So, does that kind of make, make sense? Or no, that... it's perfect. It's great. Yeah. And I love what you're saying with like, I love that you dedicated chunks of time, the 45 minutes, like chunks. And then you also committed to doing, you know, two DMs, two emails a day for two people that mm -hmm. you want to get involved. 
Um, and like that sounds easy to people who are listening right now. It is not. not easy at all. No. So one, stay committed to that. And two, like when you're sitting there writing a lot of these emails, like you don't know what to say, like you don't know how to construct it. So it's important, I think, to have like kind of a script, if you will, mm -hmm. but also interject something authentic that you've actually 100%. read or listened to or done some research on the individual that you're reaching out to to let them know that. Yeah, that's actually exactly what I did. So I had a, a copy and paste portion of basically when it says, hi, my name, my name is Josh Canudi. I'm um, starting a podcast, Overcoming You. I'm in pre-launch stage. This is what it's about. That part there was all the same, but the very first part, I think this is really important. Very first part, I'd be like, hey, Chapin, I listened to your, your podcast with with Josh Canudi, and I absolutely loved it. I loved it when you talked about this, this, and this, and then I would paste that because that is to you. That is directly connecting to you. That's not just a copy-paste, copy-paste type of stuff. So um, that was, it's a really, really good point that, that, you, um, that you touched on there. And all that stuff on top of everything with, I wanted to do one post, a quote, and have quality caption and then one video. So I try to do one post, one video, one post, one video. That in and of itself takes me, you know, two to four hours a day or something like that. I was that's calculating Instagram. Like yeah. that's how you structured your Instagram. One post, one video, one post. Yep. Okay. One, and how many times are you posting a day or is it once a day? Um, once, once a day. Um, I'm, I know that some of the other bigger ones, they do a couple times a day, but they have much bigger teams than I do. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm just once a day, but I try to do at least three to five days a week. I started off with seven days a week for, I think, like the first 30 days just to really get the, the message out there and try to get into that algorithm. And then just with everything going on and traveling, you know, going to a podcast conference coming up next week and hopefully speaking there. So I had to just kind of scale that back. But that was on top of you still have to put out content that is relevant and give that some um, some substance behind it. It can't just be some copy paste, like all oh, my captions are very like heartfelt and stuff like that. But one tip that I will give everybody is that sometimes throughout the week or whatever, you feel really like not emotional, but you feel really like for me, I feel really like, Hey, I want to really get this out. You know, and when I'm, what I would say or what I would recommend is that when you feel like that, do a bunch of posts or do a bunch of captions and stay in that, in that zone because sometimes when I, you know, get up, I'm just like, I don't want to talk to anybody. You know, everyone has those days a little bit irritable. And then I'm trying to like write a post on a, you know, Eleanor Roosevelt quote and trying to give a caption. But I'm just like, fuck everybody. Like this guy cut me off the thing. Like, you know, and, and it comes across like people can sense that. So when you're in that, that mode of like, um, for me wanting to get back or, or when you're in that, if you're a comedian, if you're in that funny mode, stay in that mode as long as possible and just write a bunch of them out. And then you can use um, uh, software and stuff that just plans it out and will post it for you and stuff like that. So you just plug it into the system and say, hey, I want to post it this Saturday, next Wednesday, the following Tuesday with this caption, this picture, this video, whatever. So you set it and forget it type of thing. No, that's, that's cool. Really yeah. Well. So yeah, you, you capitalize on those moments where you're very motivated, but you don't have to like dump it all on Instagram at one time. Yeah. You can set up a third-party system that will like leak it out at, on the timeframes that yep. you want. Yep. That's really interesting yep. and cool. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about how like you're reconciling. Cause I think there's a lot of listeners out there and this really bothers me, which is why I'm bringing it up who, you know, hear your story and hear how you're approaching this from a marketing perspective, you know, and you're using a topic that's 
sensitive. It's very, mm-hmm. it's very sensitive to a lot of people. You have ambitions to grow this into a monetizable business that I think there's a lot of people who are drawing a line and saying like, dude, fuck this guy. Like he's going to capitalize on all these innocent yep. people out there. And like, he's full of shit, if you will, or whatever. Yep. Yeah. And this for me is an issue because I don't see it that way at all. Like I see your passion. I think what you're doing is amazingly important for a lot of people to hear and going to help a lot of people. And I see no problem with you wanting to also make a living at this. You know, how have you reconciled that within yourself? Um, first of all, it's something that I, that I used to think about a lot because one of the human characteristics that I despise the most is, is narcissism or people coming off like better than they are or trying to make you feel less than. And that has never been my intent and never will be. Um, but that goes back to really doing the work, doing the, the, the meditation, the, the therapy, all that type of stuff with inside yourself and knowing that if it's coming from a good place inside of me, your opinion is none of my business. I cannot be hung up on that because the thing is, is like you, if someone, if someone hears my podcast and let's just, just for sake, just cause we're talking let's say, you know, you're the individual and Chapin goes, you know what? Fuck that Josh guy. You're a piece of shit. You're just trying to get advertising. You just want zip recruiter. You just want whatever to, to do that. So you can make, make more money. You're assuming that, you know, my intent, but you have no clue whatsoever. It is physically impossible to know my intent unless I tell you my intent. My intent inside of my heart is nothing but good and, and, um, good love and kind. And the thing is, is that there is logistics with this that if I am able to monetize it, I am able to put more time into it. It's no different than LeBron James. He gets paid to play basketball. So guess what he does? All day long, nonstop. He plays basketball. That's why he is good. That's why he gets better. And that's what I would like to do with this podcast. I would like to put all of my time into that so I don't have to flip houses, so I don't have to do HOSO, so I can get a better editor, so I can get better software, so I can do all that type of stuff, so I can reach more people. And if I reach more people, I can help more people. So my intent and my heart is in the right spot. And I have to keep telling myself it's not my my job to make everybody else happy. It's my job to try to connect as many individuals with as many people that can talk about how they overcame their issue in hopes of adding valuable value to everyone. So that is the only thing, thing that I can do. It's a thing that I wrestle with a lot because I'm, as I'm starting to talk more, as the podcast is starting to get bigger, people are saying like, who do you think you are type of stuff. I just have to keep going and listen, my heart's in the right to myself, not to anybody else. I don't fight with them. I don't let go. Like, you don't even fucking understand what I've been through. You, do you know that I was in this? I had a shock in my mind. All this type of stuff. Like, my dad used to hit me. My, my mom left me at the liquor store when I was eight. I don't, I don't do that. I just go, okay, inside my heart, I'm good. I know I'm good. I'm trying to do, do the best that I can. I can only get better and I gotta let the chips fall where they, they may. You know, the analogy that I used with my wife, cause we were talking about this a few weeks ago was like, um, I, this is actually probably going to decrease some of my followers after I say this, but I do not like cheese. Like I'm not lactose intolerant. I just don't like cheese. Why but the, would that have any effect? Because here's the thing is that the overwhelming population loves cheese. 
But just because I don't like cheese doesn't mean cheese is bad. So my taste buds aren't for everybody. My podcast may not be, it's for everyone, but not, it's for everybody, but not for everyone. And that's, it's, and that's okay. I have to be okay with that. Um, I just have to do the very best that I can do. And if you like it, great. If not, no big deal. So it's like everybody has different tastes. It doesn't really make a difference how uh, how the chips fall where they may or whether they like my podcast or not, whether they like cheese, they don't. All mm-hmm. I do is not so. I mean, do you actually have haters? Do you have people approaching or when you... I've had some people online. Um, okay. Trolls? Yeah, I've had some pe- people online do that. Um, it, it gets very apparent very quick, quick, you know, because usually what the trolls will do to me is that they'll engage me in... Cause I think they understand my heart. So like the last one that just happened is like, uh, they responded to a, to a post or I responded to, I forget how it went either. They responded to my post or I responded to their post doing one of my, um, engagement sessions mm-hmm. and they go, you know, I just always feel, feel really bad about myself. I hate myself. And then I proceeded to engage and we took the conversation offline and I was just trying to do whatever I could do to help. And then it slowly went into, Oh, who do you think you are? Like, you're nothing and nobody. You're no Tony Robbins. You're no this. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not trying to be anybody. I'm just trying to be myself. Um, so I get those from, from time to time and they're starting to increase as the, uh, as the following increase. But, um, that's so interesting. I, I saw John Lee Dumas made a post of, uh, somebody who obviously crossed out their name who wrote him just a scathing email, just like, you suck. Like you're such a piece of shit. And he just wrote back like those who hate like hate themselves or something like that. If you hate, you hate yourself. And like, then he write, then the next swipe on his Instagram or wherever it was, was like an uh, apology email from the same person. You're absolutely right, dude. I feel like a piece of shit all the time. Sorry. Right. I was like, wow. I mean, I I think that was real, but I mean, I, I can relate. Like I definitely remember growing up here in Newport beach and like not wanting anyone to feel better than me. Yeah. So you'd cut them down. You know, and I don't know if everyone had that approach, but I did. It's like, oh, what, you think you got a good wave today? That was, I saw it wasn't that good. Right. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. And it's, it's a shame too. And, and you're, you're wandering into this, this, uh, mark, not market, you're wandering into this environment of people that, I mean, you're trying to connect with people who are in pain. Mm-hmm. And so them lashing out at you is, is probably going to be a very, a yeah. of a reality on a daily basis, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing that, um, the, um, John guy that you mentioned, he hit it right on the head. It's, it's an old additive, but hurting people hurt people. The only reason why these mass shootings, in my opinion, the only reason why these mass shootings continue to increase in, in events or in numbers is because those people are hurting inside. They're, they're not feeling, they're not happy. Those aren't happy people or those aren't like real awesome thinking, feeling people or that guy that trolled me. There's something going on inside because those times when you're happy and you feel the best, the last thing, everything's like hugs and high fives and, hey, what do you want? You need something? Hey, yeah, I have mine. It's all right. Good. You never like at 1201 on New Year's Eve, most people are really, really happy. And never are you being like, your hat's stupid. The way you blew that whistle is dumb. You know, because when you feel good inside, you want everyone to feel good. And so, but when you feel hurt inside, sometimes you want a misery loves company. You want to bring people down because you want other people to wallow in your shit with, with you. Yeah. And I have to keep telling myself that's, that's the case. And, um, you know, I almost have, I have a lot more sympathy and empathy now for those people that say things like that. Cause I just go, ah, 
I, I just want to hug you, you know, I just want to go, what's up, man? Like, come here, let me hug you because I know something's going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I know that's not directed at me. It's more something inside of you. So. If you could uh, speak to two guests, you know, one guest who's listening to this and in a similar mindset, self-hatred, maybe suicidal. Mm-hmm. And then can you also speak to a second guest who's inspired by this, maybe has felt that, but not in that headspace, who now wants to take their idea, their business online, or just take a step out in the world, traveling to Mexico, whatever it may be. What can you tell those two people listening right now to help them make yeah. that next decision? So in my opinion, let's take the, um, um, the individual that wants to put their passion or there's something out there online is that the only, most likely the only reason why they haven't done that as of right now is because of fear. But fear is probably rooted in lack of knowledge or lack of information. So I guarantee you, if you go right now and watch five to 10 YouTube videos on that topic or on that subject and go read two to three books and then listen to two or three lectures, you are going to feel inspired or you're going to have a lot more information and understanding on how to take the next step. Because that's the only thing difference between doing it and not doing it is like how is the how. But if you, if you to go watch 10 YouTubes, read three books and watch two lectures, most likely you're going to be like, Oh, okay. It's not that bad. Or talk to five other people that have done it. And you'll start to figure out those next steps and go, Oh, okay. Yeah. Increasing the followers on Instagram is difficult, but now I know how to do it. Now you just have to do it. You just have to block out those three 45 minutes. You just have to DM those two people each day. Um, all that type of stuff. But you know, asking and talking to people and reading books and watching YouTube, I was able to get that information and now able to put it in, in motion to where now I'm seeing some positive affirmations and effects from it. So that'd be kind of the first one for that, that uh, person. Um, and then for the other individual that's, you know, maybe down in the, the dumps or in the, the Hades of self-hatred or, you know, hopefully no one's on the verge of, of suicide is that, the one thing that I can tell everybody is that every single person on this planet has a loaded gun, but it's filled with doubts and memories that they have to overcome. So you're not alone. Your thoughts are not you. You are not real or those thoughts are not real. And then a tactical thing is text somebody right the second, right now, say, Hey, you don't even have to tell them that you're feeling suicidal. You don't have to tell them anything like that. You know, it would be better if you did, but if you still don't want to text your best friend, your best girlfriend, your brother, your sister, your mom say, Hey, I need to hang out with you right now. Or, Hey, can we go to lunch, dinner or something? Because being uh, secluded is one of the worst things that you can do. Uh, so that'd be step one. If you still don't want to do that, I would recommend doing what my therapist did to me my very first time. It was supposed to be an hour and a half session, but it was only ended up being 15 minutes. And she said, do you have any sort of nature near your house? And I don't mean to sound hippie. It's just literally um, part of psychology and part of the brain. If you can get out in nature, if you can get out in nature and walk on the sand or in the woods or by a creek or ocean or something, if you can take off your shoes and then just watch your feet go one by one, one by one. And the reasoning behind that is it is impossible to be mad, upset, worried, depressed when you're in the present. All of our worries, all of our depression, all of our anxiety comes from what we did 
oh, we didn't do that. Why did I say that? I wish I would have done that. Why, why did we do this? Or it comes from thinking about the future. I need to get that job. I need to get that car. I need to get that girl. I need to look like this. I need to do that. If you're in the present, it is impossible to be depressed, have anxiety, or feel, feel upset. So that's probably what I, I would say. No, beautifully said. And I'm, there's going to be there's a, there will be a suicide um, hotline oh, okay. in the in the show notes. I'll put. Are there any apps that people can use um, more for the trying to overcome those moments? You know, like a daily sort of affirmation app where they they wake up and the first thing they read or the the app tells them like get outside and go into nature. Do you know of any? There's two apps that I that I use. One I use. So I meditate every single day, period in a story. In probably five of the seven days, I use an app called Calm. Um, you can get a free month trial. I'm not associated with them or anything, but just realize that after that free month trial, it is a little bit more expensive than average. I think it's like 50 or $60 for the entire year, um, which is still good in my opinion, but just realize that after that free trial, it does, it does go up. So that one there will really help with guided meditation. And that will, what that does is that will help you realize, um, those thoughts more quickly. Cause it, what it does is it centers on your breath or there's multiple different types. I use the one that centered on the breath. So when you start to have those negative thoughts, you can just go and you immediately kind of come back to center, come back to present. Like I was talking about before. So that one there, there's another app. It's called pep talk. This is a free app. You can pretty much Google any person that you have heard talk before or anything like that, um, past, present, future, and they'll have a little two, three minute clip, or you can just, I think you can just type in like motivation or sadness or, or anything like that. And there will be a short little two to seven minute pep talk kind of thing. Um, and then also on YouTube, just type in something that I used to do is just literally type in motivation and click on them. And that's not to get motivated to go, you know, charge the hill. They have those out there, but even one little minute thing of somebody talking in an upbeat, happy manner, um, really, really works. And then the other thing is that there's actually studies happening in, at Harvard, Harvard Medical, which is, I forget the, someone's going to type it wrong. It's something when they're going through med, uh, medical school in Harvard, they're actually realizing that laughter is actually one of the best ways and actually can speed up the heart rate, increase blood flow, open up the capillaries, increase overall immune system. And so if you can watch a comedy special or some sort of funny movie, that actually will, will help as well. So. Yeah, there's now like laughing yoga classes you can attend. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. It's really interesting. You know, Josh, thank you so much for coming on today and just being so open, authentic with your mission. The Overcoming You podcast is a great success already. I wish you all the best as you move forward, my friend. So thank you again for joining us. Cool, man. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Awesome, Josh. Thank you so much for coming on, Misfits and Rejects, and sharing your story, being so open, honest, authentic with what you went through. And your willingness to bring your podcast, the Overcoming You podcast to the world, commit yourself to it, get it out there as fast as you can. Because yes, it's a race against time for a lot of people out there. And we need to do everything that we can to help people see that they have value that they can offer to people around them, to this world, in whatever capacity it is. So if you're somebody listening right now who feels desperate, who feels like they're a burden on somebody else who has considered taking their own life, Please look in the show notes. I've provided a suicide hotline number. Please just give it a call. Share your thoughts, your feelings with somebody. Talk to a friend. Talk to a family member. Go out in nature. Take your shoes off. 
walk around. These things help. I guarantee there is somebody out there who cares, who does love you, who doesn't want this for you. And as Josh says, you can overcome. Just like all the guests on his podcast have overcome moments where they were feeling defeated, feeling like they were a burden on somebody else, feeling like they let everybody down around them, but they overcame, they persevered. And a lot of his guests, as you'll hear, are extremely successful athletes, business people, just people that we would consider successes in just life in general, who have definitely had moments that they thought they couldn't push on. And a few definitely have considered taking that route of suicide, but didn't. You can go in and see where they're at now. And a lot of them are doing incredibly cool things. So check out his podcast, the Overcoming You podcast. Josh, thank you again for coming on and sharing your story. I really appreciate it. If you're a first time listener, please hit that subscribe button. It would mean the world to me. If you think this message is going to help somebody, please share this episode with somebody that you think it might help. You don't even have to tell them why you're sharing it with them to say, hey, I heard this cool ep- this cool episode I think you might be interested in hearing and state a reason that is real or not real. I don't know. Whatever strategy you think is going to work best. But if you are somebody thinking about taking this route, about taking your own life, please, again, go down, click the show notes, dial that number, and talk to somebody. I think you all are so very beautiful. Thank you for listening. I look forward to seeing you in next week's episode and many more to come. I hope this message inspires you to think about your life situation. And if you're not happy with it, let's make a change. Let's move forward in a positive direction, one foot at a time, staying focused on that next step. We can get there. It won't be easy. As Josh says, what you put into it is what you're going to get out. And all of the things that are worth having in life take a lot of effort. I love you all. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Misfits and Rejects. I hope this inspire you to think about your life situation, where you're at, and possibly make a big decision to choose something different for yourself if you're unhappy with where you're at in life. I hope these people that I interview inspire you to go out, spread your wings, and try something new, to live a different lifestyle that maybe your whole life people were telling you was the wrong one, but when in fact it's the perfect one for you. And I'll see you next time.